Welcome to the No BS Podcast, an unfiltered look into the global hospitality and short-term rental industry with a focus on founder stories, current events, and culture. I'm Mateo Bradford-Vasquez. And I'm John Stokinger. And this is our podcast. We bring the right people to the table at the right time, giving you an inside take on the hospitality industry like no other podcast can. We appreciate your support. So let's make this official. Make sure to like, follow, and leave a review for the No BS Pod on your favorite podcast listening platforms. And don't forget to check out our YouTube channel as well. While you're there, please like, listen, and subscribe. And oh yeah, make sure to hit the notification button to stay up to date on all of the exciting things that No BS Productions has coming up. Good afternoon, Mateo. How are you? Yeah, still fantastic. How are you? I'm I'm great. Recording our second episode today, um, but this is a very special episode, so I'm, I'm excited to jump in here. Um, episode 117. What? I see your face. Every time you say that, nobody would know. We could be doing this in the middle of the night, like on New Year's Eve, and nobody would know. But you, it's, it's okay. all right. It's okay. I don't know. It's okay. It's, it's okay. It's just who we are. It's what yeah. we do. We have a great guest. This happens to also be a new sponsor of the show. So we're, we're excited to introduce a listener of the show, Asaf Carmon of Turno. Thanks so much for joining us, Asaf. Thanks for coming on. Hey, guys. Really, thanks for having me. I've been listening to the show for a long time and really enjoyed it. And it's a great honor to be on the air. We're, we're excited to have you. And, and I'm sure those, those of you who are listening, you'll hear our, our wonderful mid-roll coming right up, talking about our, how you can get involved and utilize Turno. We're excited about this partnership moving forward. You're a fan of the show. We like to talk about your journey and we like to talk about where you came from. It's interesting to see how, when people transition to hospitality. Can you walk us through that? My, my background is in, in software engineering, which is, sounds outside of hospitality, but what it is about really is about solving problems with software. So I'd like to think that everything that I've done before led me to this moment. In a way, I've been working as a software engineer, solving business problems. And the most recent venture that I was working on before Turnout, I was a part of this company called GoShare, which was a marketplace that connected truck drivers with people who needed kind of small moves. That was really a great service. I was working on a technology aspect of it. It ended up not working out for me. Our company's still going on, but it seeded in my brain this idea of building marketplaces as a way of enabling people to solve problems and also for the service providers to really build small businesses that have a steady stream of customers that is almost guaranteed. So I was... Hosting on Airbnb, kind of small-time post, I was really struggling with the logistics of getting the places clean, finding cleaners and staying on top of it. There was this promise of almost passive income that is like so good, but it was nothing but passive, right? It was very labor-intensive and being the problem solver with software, I felt I can build an app. That would right. solve it. Little did I know how much effort was, was going to go into it, but it seems very simple from the beginning. And th um, that's how they all start. Oh, this is so simple. I'm on the sales side of things. And anytime I talk to, obviously we're in, in software as well. And anytime I talk to my devs, I'm like, oh, that's, that's super easy. Just copy paste. That's our, yeah. my joke with them. Just copy and paste. It should be no problem. Yeah. 
So it, it, that, that was basically it. I, I needed to solve my own problem, to scratch my own itch. Having the knowledge and the tools of exactly how to solve it, having solved it before in different verticals, I went to work. I was the kind of engineer for a good while. I was customer service. I was sales. I was dev. I would be on the phone with a customer. Like, hey, oh, you have a problem with this bug? Hold on a second. Let me commit a change. Do you see it? Okay, great. It was the dev cycle was like two minutes, but obviously that's not sustainable. And, and as products mature, they get more complex, and you really want to make sure that everything fits holistically and that there's institutional knowledge. And currently, we have over fifty engineers working on the platform. It's a and lot. Yeah. A lot of moving pieces. A, it's a dispatch issue at a lot too. There, there was a joint. There was a, a synergy in what you used to do with the dispatching of trucks, and it's a logistics play, right? Like at yes. the end of the day, what you're solving is the logistics problem, right? Exactly. Like in, in terms of what you're doing, it brings that technology because I've seen it in different aspects. But when I learned what you did with your previous company, I was like, oh, well, it wasn't my camp company. I was. One of the early employees there wasn't my company, but I've learned a lot on how you build a marketplace or, and also how you don't build. You learn the good things and the bad things and you apply the lessons that you learned. But yeah, obviously it's a logistic problem and it is people's problem that is a lot of software that you use is screens that you interact with. It is a one-way exchange, but when it comes to a marketplace, it's a there's multiple people involved and there's things that are happening in the physical world right. that, that you are driving with the software and it makes things more interesting and more complex. Let's dive into that a little bit. Your business model is, for, from us on the vendor side of the short-term rental hospitality industry, we see a few brands that are operational management, right? They are they're going to go ahead and help with your back end and your cleans and they're then and everyone's coming at it from a little different angles and you're definitely coming at a different angle I, I think the main focus and please correct me if i'm wrong but the main focus at the beginning was we're going to connect you with cleaners that know what the hell they're doing that specifically their focus is on cleaning airbnbs and that essentially and we're going to make sure that that we're backfilling or making sure that these cleaners are available for you when on turns um, is that correct? Is that how it started? Yes. The way we went about it was let's build a really great scheduling, maintenance, property care system that is standalone. You can bring your own team or you can use people from our marketplace because we know people need flexibility with everything they do. They work with some cleaners that they know and then they need to go out and recruit people that they don't already know. Right, mm -hmm. So we want to be able to support both use cases and then also scale with you as you grow. Because as a host, you, you get started, you usually don't stop there, right? You want to grow your business. And once you've gotten to the rhythm of it, of, okay, I add property, I stage it, I make it beautiful, I got my operations clicking, then it's passive, right? Let's move on to the next one. Let's grow right. this empire, right? So it's, it's, it's so one or two see, ways they take it. You're either like, hell no, or you're like, all right, let's go. Right. <laughs> so we like to support the use case where you are 
building kind of an operations manual on autopilot and you move on to, to grow your business. That's our mode. Right? How wanna, does, sorry, go ahead. How, how do you feel that you compare, there's a lot of money in this space and there's a lot of money that's being thrown at these, and I'm saying competitors and you're all, you all have different, different things that you specialize yeah. in. But at the same time, at the core, the goal is your cleaning and maintenance operational, you know, workflows and bringing connectivity to, to that and, and connecting in with other property management softwares for those that are larger than just say a host with a few homes. The, the main difference is you have a marketplace and that's the big difference. How do you feel that your interno compares to the competition? Again, air quotes for yeah. those that aren't, are watching us on YouTube. How do you feel you compare to, to what they have to offer? Right. So I think a lot of them, they do a great job building automation tools for property care, but I think that's just one facet of the problem. I think of my users, my customers as people that have a problem to solve and only a part of it can be solved with software. Another part of it needs to be solved with people, with relationships. So we try to think of it in a more holistic way of we want you to just be hands off as much as possible. Kind of management by exception, right? I have a menu, I have a repeatable process, let it run and I'll come in when there's an exception, but otherwise you hands off. And when it, and that applies to the software process, but it also applies to the labor of getting the people where they need to be, also getting them paid. Everything just happens automatically. Like a guest books a visit, it goes into our system through either our PMS integration or integration with Airbnb. We notify the correct cleaners, when they need to be there, what they need to do. They go in, they do their work, they upload pictures, follow checklists, inventory, track problems, everything that needs to happen. They check out, they get paid. It all happens automatically. You as a property manager, as a host, if nothing out of the ordinary happened, don't need to do anything. True. Love it. That's the way it should be, right? And that's ultimately, that's why you build the software you build is to... Exactly. I, out of sheer laziness, I didn't want to do anything. This is supposed to be passive. And that's yeah. what I wanted it to be. Hey, John. Let's talk about one of the most frustrating challenges of hosting. Cleaning. Seriously, hosting is hard enough. Why does cleaning have to be such a pain? SDR cleaning is not the same as residential and you need someone who knows the difference. Plus, cleaners have access to your property. You need to find people who are qualified and trustworthy. Add to that, you need cleaners who don't need to be micromanaged. Who has time to text schedules back to you and try to confirm they time, especially when bookings change. And then, dealing with invoices, payments, and tax reporting? Turno has solved all of these challenges with its cleaning management software. Turno's Cleaner Marketplace has over 55,000 vetted short-term rental cleaners, and they make finding a local cleaner super easy. You just enter some property and cleaning details, and cleaners start bidding. You can see things like competitive cleaner prices, business credentials, and reviews before you agree to work together. Plus, Marketplace cleaners are paid automatically once the job is completed. No more manual payment hassles. When you sync Turno to your listing calendars, every turnover gets auto-scheduled at bookings come in. And if anything changes, your cleaner is notified immediately. Plus, cleaners can see if it's a same-day turnover. 
but they know right away that time is paid. And with tools like photo checklists, inventory management, problem reporting, and the guest checkout review panel, Terminal gives hosts real-time eyes and ears on the ground, right from the cleaner to the host app. No BS listeners can get a $150 Amazon gift card when they try Turno and its cleaner marketplace. New users can sign up at turno.com forward slash no BS, search for cleaner in your area, connect with one or more, and then complete a marketplace cleaning. Once you see how easy and simple cleaning management can be, you'll love how much time and money you save, not to mention no more cleaning headaches. To learn more, go to turnup.com forward slash no BS and get started today. User experience is something I'm very passionate about. And it's it's not technical. It's not think, oh, X is hire someone, they help you. Great UX comes from empathy of putting yourself in the user's experience and trying to make it easier for them to make use of the platform in a way that benefits them the most. And I think with Airbnb, they have a lot of empathy for the guest and for them to have a great stay. And this is where it comes from. This is why they're so good at what they do is because they just have a lot of empathy for the user. So we try to take that and been in software basically my entire adult life. And I remember what we used to build right. 20 years ago and what we build now. And it comes from an evolution of understanding that like, it needs to come from just really understanding who is going to use this, what do they want to achieve, and making it as easy and as seamless as possible. It's always an iterative process, right? If you think of Airbnb, they've been doing the same thing. For, for a while now, it's a very basic core concept and they've iterated uh, probably like tens of thousands of versions of, of their more basic flows just to make sure that it's just right. Yeah. And everyone, when the, the new release comes out, they're like, what the hell? And then, oh, actually, this isn't that bad. And they get used to it. And, and they're, again, still always the gold standard. Big fan of them. What, what did that couple things. When did that partnership go live? Because I'm not looking at the dates right now. I had it pulled up earlier. So when did that go live? And how did that partnership affect your business? Yeah, so it went live early this year. It was in March. And it basically allows our users to have a much more seamless experience. Instead of logging into Turnout, creating all your properties, configuring everything, you need, which is okay. It's a small investment of time in order to save a lot of time down the road, but still it's a lot to ask of someone to spend 10 minutes, 15 minutes, half an hour configuring things when they can just click a button and then we can read everything that's on Airbnb and we can create all their configurations like in one second. And then it also allow for a more accurate sync so that we know when a guest books or cancels right away. We also have access to the reviews, which is, I think is very important because for the first time you can actually tie the cleaning feedback that the guest provides to a cleaner. And then you can have a good measure of who's doing a good job and who's not doing a good job. And then you can give those cleaners feedback. Hey, you seem to be underperforming. Maybe you need to improve, maybe you need to be to do something. I love that. I want, let me interject here real soon. So I want to do a shout out to Chad Blankenship, actually, of V-Trips. Back in the day when he started doing this, he was with Southern and he came up with the use of Power BI 
and reviews and through track the software back in the day, he came up with a way to tie reviews to cleaners performance and it was a game changer for him and for the company and it's so smart and this is the first i've heard and that was this is probably two and a half years ago that we were talking at a darm actually maybe three years ago now and it's interesting because i haven't heard anyone really talk about that until right now weird so, shout out <laughs> so this is actually a really great collaboration with Airbnb because now the guests can leave a specific cleaning review and let's say they leave something that is like less than five stars. They can say, what was the issue? What kind of cleaning issue? Dirty bathroom, dirty right. shower, something smelly. And we take those tags that the guest leaves and then we, we show them to the host and we also post solutions based on the tags. Oh, there's a smell issue. Here is an article about common remedies that you can apply to a specific situation. Some houses just smell, but it's just like a thing. And there are solutions, right? right. There are solutions. You, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. People, have, there's millions of people who are doing this for a living and they found all the solutions. You're never the first one to experience a problem. No, it's a great point. Back to those <laughs> cleaners and others. So I'm looking... I want to talk about scaling because yeah. it looks like, so two things, I have two questions and two things I want to talk about because I was super impressed when I went to your page and was like, who do we work with? And I was like, oh, okay, couple, I have a couple partnerships in the industry. That list is long. That is a very long list. Two things. I want to know about your, your strategy of partnership because uh, it seems like you've been able to, you know, massage a lot of relationships with some pretty significant players within the space, right? And with the idea of the seamless integration and getting seamless access to information for the guest experience. But how did you scale to this point, right? So you started this, you wanted to solve the problem. You said that it was a lazy issue for yourself. You're global now. How does it go from a, a simple problem-solving activity to a global entity that's continuing to grow? Um, and we know it's hard to do in one country as opposed to do in multiple countries around the world. Talk to us about your scaling process and, and your strategy for your company, because that's where a lot of, to be honest, people fail and don't get right. Yeah, it's, I'd like to say it's this combination of, there's definitely a lot of luck into it. Just being, trying, solving a problem that happens to be growing. Right. People are, our industry is growing. So it's always important when you are launching a venture to launch it into a growing industry. And then just a lot of persistence and just a thousand mile journey does begin with one step. So you used to take the first step and then as the opportunities arise, take it, take advantage of them. But at the same time, also important to have a vision and to take the journey in a way that, that leads to that longer vision, broader vision. So I didn't launch the company out of high school. Like I've been working in the software industry for a long time and I've seen businesses start and I've been taking mental notes from the very beginning. I've had this kind of entrepreneurial seed that mm -hmm. has been dormant for a little while, but I've always been taking notes and seeing what people do right and what people do wrong. But when it comes to scaling, it's important to have a vision, but it's also important to take it one day at a time. 
and not to overbuild, for example, and overcommit. And we couldn't have realized that vision from the very first day. So we have started with kind of the most important features first, iterated on them and iterated, and we got user traction. And then we hired more people and then we built more things, but we've always been disciplined about staying in our lane and mm -hmm. focusing on one thing. There's a lot of people, oh, you should build this. You should build that. You should, before you were like an accounting software slash VMS slash payment yeah. processor can be a, one of those things that solve a million different problems, but none in an exceptional way. So we try to be exceptional at solving that one key problem, which is making your vacation rental investment passive by automating your operations, matching you up with the labor that you need and just making it it's, it's seamless and, and almost invisible. It makes so much sense. Why over-engineer things? When you're getting requests from property managers or hosts or whatever, oh, you should do this. It's the hardest thing because then two things, you don't want to over-promise and under-deliver. Right. So just agreeing to everything is never the right course of action. And then you have to stay true to your North Star. You have to stay true to the reason you got here. You built Turno, or which used to be Turnover B&B, and that's where I want to have a question I want to ask about the, the brand change. But you built it for a specific reason. And when you start listening to everyone else, I find that the fabric of the company ends up changing and the fabric of the initial direction you want to go changes just to meet when we're asking ourselves questions about direct internally from a leadership standpoint and saying, where do we want to take this? It's always with the, the like confines of, is it still direct? Just because so-and-so wants this and they have it in this software, if we bring it into us, is it going to change who we are? Does it make sense? And if we do bring it into direct, can we change it in a way that makes it very much stay direct? And so these are questions we're constantly having, which are hard. It's hard to say no to someone when you want to keep scaling and growing because everyone is here for the right, you'd hope everyone's wanting to do the things for the right reasons, but then is, you know what? No, we're not going to do that. If you really love that, stick with what you have. Or what we do is we partner with great companies like yourselves and say, Hey, that's not our, we're very focused and good at what we're good with. And we have amazing partnerships with these companies, you being one of them that excel at this. We can give you basic functionality, but we could partner with Eterno and others to give you the tools that would really take it to the next level for you. And I think that's an important lesson that not every startup, AKA software, software or whatever takes into consideration. I really believe in focus. If you ever, ever walked down the street and you saw a restaurant that was like, oh, pizza, seafood, Korean food. This is probably not the best pizza, <laughs> less seafood, less Korean food, right? <laughs> like, you can't <laughs> treat down fit that you are selling it every at the same time. That's no, great. I agree. And I think that's the part where John should have stuck a pin in that, right? Like when you were talking about listening to what other people said, your, your response to that was head down and focus more on what you're doing, perfect what you're doing, focus harder on what you're doing. And that's the part that I think it's where the competitive modes grow, right? That's where let the others be the best multi-tool out there when you want to focus on being 
the best at which you came out to to do that, that the problem you came out to solve. So I think that's a, a lesson in scaling, a lesson in focus, right? I think is really that lesson that sometimes companies get too enamored in other things to and lose that focus on what yeah, they're ab absolutely. And sometimes your business is like a platform business. It's Airbnb, it's it's Amazon, it's eBay, and your business is to make other people successful. And that's what you need to focus on. And your business is to offer tools. It's, it's a meta business in a way. And, and I bet at the early days of Airbnb, they probably thought, oh, we could just become property managers ourselves. And the, luckily, they resisted that urge. They became a platform to allow other people to excel. People talk, oh, you should become a cleaning company. We, we don't want to be that. We want to be a platform that allows individuals and cleaning companies to build successful businesses. And if we're good at that, then we're happy. St stick with your guns and, and push that way, push along that way. Hey, talk to us about the formerly turnover B&B. You were turnover B&B forever. That's how you came out. Why the brand switch? I love the brand switch. I love the new identity, but talk to us about that decision from a marketing standpoint. So when we just incorporated, we couldn't afford a five letter domain. I love that's Let's the talk best about that. answer. <laughs> okay, great. We couldn't afford a five letter. I love this. Okay. Right. Turnover BNB was, I think it was like $8 or something like that, but it was also a great name. I think it captures exactly what we do. Yes. Turno is built on top of Turnover BNB and it built its own name recognition. I think it was easier to get started, Turnover BNB, because it's a very descriptive right. name. Yeah, I don't think you could do it the other way around. I don't think you'd just say, hey, we're Turno, and people would be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it, it, this is where, as we were growing, we were having a lot of people struggle with the, the longer name not being able to spell it, confuse it with other things. And we felt Turner was like, that captures more succinctly what we're doing. We could also get that turner.com domain. I've always had this fascination with domains and was really excited to have my own five-letter.com domain. A little yeah. bit of that play there. We're on our, the previous episode, we're talking about, I have a, a slight domain problem. I, I see domains that I just need to get out. And this is a new problem for me, but I have a friend, he has hundreds. And he's, when they sit there and he has an idea, he gets gobbles it up. And then if it sits there long enough, gets un, unloads it. And But the turn, the five letter, I'm looking at one that has uh, for our, for a project we're looking to do as seven. And I'm pretty impressed with it. It's available yeah. at $18, ADT, <laughs> not eight. <laughs> Yeah, Turner.com was a little more than $18, but it was, it's, you no, know, we love it. I think it's, I feel, I, I felt like it was going to take me a long time to get over the turnover BNB name and kind of get used to the Turner, but it's been a, a smooth transition. We love the new name and name is destiny in a way. The, I talked to us about you're only as good as your team, right? And like you're the, you're talking about you have 50 engineers and you got a bunch of other like amazing team members around you. Talk to us about the team 
that you've built? Because I love a lot of your team members. Like you're, you've built a solid team of people that are approachable, that are people that are relationship people. Talk to us a little bit about that. So it's thinking back, it's been six or seven years and it's, we haven't hired everyone kind of one fell swoop, right? So we, we started out with relatively junior engineers because that's what we could afford, but they were really lucky picks because they've grown to be rock star engineers and we were able to hire a lot of people through friend and network. Hey, we're hiring for this position. Do you know anyone? So we have a lot of people who know each other from before their time. We have like family members, we have married couples and it's, that's the kind of approachable, friendly friend connection that, it, that has been driving a lot of the hiring. And we've had a lot of good luck in terms of retention. Really, compared to company, other companies that I worked for, amazing retention. So a lot of people stick around for a long time. Every now and then you have people who leave, but that, that's natural, especially when you have like over 100 employees. Some people are going to leave. That's the the nature of the beast, uh, but we try to be, you know, our approach to management is set clear goals and be reasonable. And people usually like that, right? And they, they put themselves to the tasks and we try to keep a, a, a culture that is friendly and understanding and we're approachable and you know, the company is semi remote. So we have an office in Hawaii, an office in Miami, and then we have a lot of other people that are remote. Miami, if you're like, you're based in Hawaii and the parent company started in Hawaii, correct? Yeah. And what was it, was Miami because it's a, a thriving Airbnb market and it made sense to go ahead or was it just serendipitous? It just happened to, to be like, oh, this makes sense here. We had an early employee that was based in Miami, and he hired people around him in Miami. Right. And then he left, but those people remain. So a little bit of the legacy. Miami is also a really great market. There's a lot of great talent in Miami. There's a lot of energy in that city. And when I visit, I always, oh, wow, I could live here. This is a great place. I enjoy visiting Miami. So, Definitely worse places to go, for sure. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think of Florida as a whole, and it's, oh, Miami just has got a, there's some other great places, but Miami just has that nice, that southeastern vibe of this of the state, just has a little bit different pull and allure yeah. to it. And, and then most of our employees in Miami, they're customer-focused and account management and sales, and they, they just need to be in the time zone. Most of our customers are at, I'm in Honolulu, but I don't, directly deal with customers. So it's not impeding. Right. So what's next for you? You've got an amazing partnership with Airbnb. You've built out the, the software in a way that, you know, that meets your North Star as a company that is focused on solving a problem that started with you with, screwed, I don't want to do this anymore. This isn't part of just actually passive income. And you found yourself meeting a lot of people's needs. But you also talked about once you start, there's other things you want to do. Just as far as a host goes, I'm sure this is the same kind of scenario for you and running uh, this company. What's next for Turno? 
There's a lot of problems. The, 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 the last couple of percentage of refinement is the most difficult to attain. If you think for Airbnb, for example, like they've been able to connect guests with us for a while, but every year they just make it incrementally easier to do. And we're in a similar position. We need to perfect our offering to smooth out rough edges where there are. And that level of kind of a refinement actually takes the most amount of effort to achieve. Think about Airbnb, the early days, they had a handful of engineers. They were able to connect to get bookings, but now they have, I don't know, a thousand engineers. No idea. I'd love to know. Brian Chesky, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the podcast. And they're focusing on getting that little bit of refinement that, that makes things flow a little, they're solidifying their position and we're doing the same thing. We want to, you never get there, but you strive for perfection, improving user experience. Like we've talked earlier is about empathy. The longer you spend time exploring a problem, the more you understand it, the more empathy you have for the user and the more you can apply that empathy to create a better user interface, a better business process. I know obviously it's, we have growth objectives for the company, which you can manifest a lot of it through better user experience, which kind of leads to better retention, better conversion and things like that. Yeah. I think a lot of that comes to relationships and partnerships, right? Yeah. Like you're only as strong as your partnerships and you obviously have a very strong partnership with Airbnb and you've seen that grow. How do you, and you're focusing on refining, which is great. And every time like we refine, then it, it ends up opening up another can of worms. So like, oh shit, we didn't see that. Sure. I guess there's more refining that needs to be done or it, it opens up like a new idea, right? Like you started yeah. refining something and you're like, what if we did this? And then, and again, as long as you're staying focused on the goal you're trying to accomplish here, then there's nothing wrong with that. But I, we're big, Mateo's huge on partnership. We're big partnership guys. And I think with, with all these partners that you have on, that you're all the PMS partners and all these different things you're already working with, strengthening that even more is just going to take, it's going to help you take the next level. Make sure you guys are trying to, guys, people, companies are trying to reach to the same Get to the same level together, right? Everyone's trying to scale, fix problems. I love the focus on building out the best product, like in in continuing to refine it. You said something about the final stages or or the end stages being of interest in in a place to double down to continuously refine the experience, right? So it's never really done, right? Like it's It's never done. It's in a continuous space. But we don't see that. How many other people, John, have we, we've interviewed numerous people on this platform that have wanted to sell their products, sell their company, sell their platform, whatever it is. How many people have doubled down and been like, I want to make this the best product it can be. And that's um, their focus. And that yeah, not, not, not many. I'm going to spin off and, and now I'm going to go make something, I don't know, a, a new payment processing system and put it in here, but actually refining their product. I, I think any entrepreneur, any startup, any CEO, founder, at some point there's an exit strategy, right? Because you don't want to do this forever unless you do. But I still have not met one person that's, you know what? 
unless it's like a family legacy and you're going to pass it down to maintain generational wealth. I love with the focus being on, I just want to refine to make this continue to make a better solution and a better product. And then when that, that time comes, then you sell. I think there's a big difference between I want to be the best of the best and offer the best user experience to our guests or our users, as opposed to I want to make a product that I can go ahead and turn and they have a deadline. Like I see an a, my exit strategy is five years from now. And I think with startups that have that focus end up with a different result as opposed to startups that have a focus on the UX and UI. I already live in Hawaii. Just keep rubbing it in. <laughs> no, Hawaii. Yes. I, I think building a good product and going for an exit aren't mutually exclusive. And I mm. think if you focus on building a great business, then exit opportunities will present themselves. I, for one, I really enjoy the stage that we're in where we have the resources to build the product that we want to build. And we have enough traction to, to test things, right? But you, you can, at the very early stages, you can really go veer off on a wrong direction because you don't have user feedback. You don't have users at all. Once you have a lot of users, you can experiment with different things and get, get the pulse of the market. Right. And we're really excited to be able to like, test new things and build new things and have the manpower and the resources to, to do that. And it's really a great privileged position. And I, I love where we are right now. I'm a big believer in sustainable effort. I don't work 60 hours a week because you, know, you can't sustain that for forever. But you did. Yeah, sure. You had to. I mean, okay. like you're not in the position right. you are today without have putting that time in. Yeah. I work. I constantly think about work, but I don't necessarily have to sit at my desk and do that. A sustainable effort is one that you can do over, over a long period of time. So a, a sprint versus a marathon. You, you can't sprint during a marathon because you can run out of stamina. Right. right. So we're in a good place where we can really just do the things that we love to do, which is build a great product, watch people use it. And if some point, you know, there's an exit opportunity. You will be there because you built a great business. Love it. We wish you the continued success and we're excited about yeah. I love the the competition and just like this these the amazing tech products that are in our space. And it's not necessarily a competition. I don't mean that in that in that way. I mean it as in I just love the constant innovation that is the envelope is being pushed and it keeps on it makes everyone better. And our industry is pretty unique in how we go about it. And we, we are, are rooting for Turno and uh, we're, we're excited about uh, where, where you guys are going. And we're excited about this partnership too for, with the podcast. What's, you got some cool things coming up. And do you, any last thing you want to go ahead and leave with our listeners today? Right. So we have a special offer for listeners. Okay. So if you go to turno.com, that's our five-letter domain, yeah, you got uh, five letters, turno.com. Turno.com slash no BS. A no BS offer. Uh, you will get $150 Amazon gift card after you complete your first marketplace screen project. 
Meaning if you go to turner.com and you find a cleaner that works for your short-term rental, after you complete your first project with them, you would get a $150 Amazon gift card, which you can use to, to buy something for yourself or to, to decorate your, your rental. But so yeah, just make sure to go it. to turner.com slash no BS. Love it. And this, this will be, this will actually be offered throughout the, the whole time you're sponsoring our podcast. So we're really excited about that. And thanks again. This has been great. Thanks for joining we're, the podcast. We're definitely going to get you back as well, because I'm going to talk about this attitude of doubling down and focus. I, I'm, like, I'm not going to let that go. We're going to continue to talk about that. I would love to come again.